Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. April 20th, 2022. Is it time for hashtag good luck streaming? Four reactions to Netflix earnings. From a DVD by mail company to a streaming juggernaut, Netflix's co-founder Reed Hastings has repeatedly proven adept at seeing the future and pivoting the company to take advantage of changes in technology and consumer demand for content. Blockbuster was going to kill Netflix, Amazon was going to kill Netflix, HBO was going to kill Netflix, and Disney was going to kill Netflix. Yet time and time again, Hastings and team appeared to simply be more agile and adept at navigating the shift in consumer demand from linear TV to streaming TV. For example, remember when legacy media companies started pulling their content and Hastings and Ted Sarandos would respond, they knew that would happen which is why they push so hard into original programming, always a step ahead. It is true that great CEOs pivot and adjust when they know they've made mistakes, as Hastings did during the Quixer debacle. However, giving up their religion on advertising, or the lack thereof, and the sudden focus to a long-talked-about problem, password sharing, appears to illustrate that management fears that the slowdown in SVOD demand may not be a temporary issue a corner they did not see around this time. Even if the long-term TAM is unchanged, the time to get there appears to be far longer than management anticipated. Simply put, Netflix felt vulnerable yesterday in a way that it never has before, similar to how we felt about Mark Zuckerberg's comments on Meta last earnings call. Management pointed to several explanations for the unforeseen loss of subs, Yet the single biggest issue that really was not talked about is that Netflix's content, especially its English language content, is simply not resonating relative to the level of spend. With Netflix spending far more than anyone else in the industry at $17 billion annually, including $5 billion on movies, Netflix should be creating significantly more must-see TV series and movies that become ongoing franchises. It reminds us of one of the former HBO boss Richard Plepler's favorite lines, quote, more is not better, only better is better. And by better, we're not thinking about quality. We mean content that captures the zeitgeist, whether that be The Crown or Stranger Things or Squid Games or Tiger King. While the level of consumer appeal of Netflix content is always, has always mattered, the need for better content has become far more important as the level of competition has surged in the past two years. Having a volume of good enough content is no longer enough. Beyond the lack of focus on Netflix's own content as a problem impacting subscriber growth, there was not enough focus on the slowdown in smart TV market. Smart TV penetration growth has slowed dramatically, with Netflix subgrowth heavily correlated to the growth in smart TV adoption. Remember, Not only did smart TV penetration benefit from a COVID pull forward, but it is now being pressured by supply chain issues, including a resurgence of COVID in China. Four takeaways from Netflix's Q1 2022 earnings. Number one, not convinced Netflix really wants to sell ads. Netflix framed advertising as giving consumers choice. But are consumers really asking for advertising? Certainly many consumers will take the lower cost tier, and they will tolerate ads. However, Is that the best way to build loyalty and aggregate time spent on Netflix? Does it take away from Netflix's differentiation with other services? The move to advertising will take time and necessitate management attention, 
and the results will be dubious at least to start. Legacy media companies use ad-supported SVOD to help offset the viewership, collapse, and ratings deficiencies facing their ad-supported linear TV business with growing connected TV time spent. But those companies have substantial advertising infrastructure to leverage, whereas Netflix does not. Worse yet for Netflix, it appears to be looking to outsource advertising initially, which could make it harder to create a great consumer ad experience. Could you imagine if Snapchat outsourced its ad system? We cannot help but think about management's comments Netflix has made in the past about how advertising forces creators to put cliffhanger moments in the content so you don't tune out during ad breaks versus simply getting lost binging content. Note, none of Netflix's existing content library was created with those ad breaks in mind. The end result of ads and content is lower watch time per user per day and higher churn. Netflix has 75% more subs than Hulu and Disney Plus in the U.S. at far higher prices. In turn, it's hard to see how lowering the price with ads ultimately leads to more revenue domestically. Could be more impactful overseas, albeit ad markets are far less developed outside of Western Europe. On the flip side, advertisers have for years been dying to access Netflix's platform, which has a far larger sub base, true global scale, and dramatically higher engagement per sub per household subscriber per day versus all other ad-supported SVOD platforms. In turn, advertising demand could be far higher than Hulu over time, which is about $9 per sub per month in ad ARPU today. However, to get that ad ARPU, Hulu has 10 to 12 plus minutes per hour of relatively untargeted disruptive advertising. Is that really the viewing experience Netflix wants for a good portion of its users? Ultimately, the question of Netflix and ads is whether this is the answer that they truly believe in, or is this desperation from a management team that does not know what is happening to their business right now? Number two, increases conviction that Disney should sell Hulu to Comcast. Earlier this month, we wrote that Disney Plus could be a far broader entertainment service than what it is now, and Disney could surprise investors by selling its control stake in Hulu versus buying the remainder from Comcast. Following Netflix's earnings, we feel even stronger about Disney's need to sell Hulu. Disney needs to focus on what Disney does best, creating family-friendly content that has global appeal with franchises that can be leveraged across its businesses. Why try to compete in adult dramas, comedies, reality TV, etc., if the subscriber ceiling is lower than what they anticipated? The risk of buying Hulu and integrating into Disney Plus is that companies like Apple and Amazon are entering the content space aggressively without any regard for programming costs. Not to mention, Disney is clearly showing it can expand Disney Plus programming beyond Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, and Nat Geo with content such as Dancing with the Stars, Blackish, Gronish, The Oscars, etc. In addition, with $20, sorry, with 20 plus billion from selling Hulu, Disney could delever and invest far more heavily in original programming for Disney Plus. And for Comcast NBCU buying Hulu, they would immediately take Peacock from an irrelevant service to a major player, albeit it would be quite dilutive to Comcast given the lack of profitability at Hulu. Number three, is media's future destined to be far less profitable? Linear TV is dying at an accelerating rate as viewership shifts to streaming, including both SVOD and AVOD. In addition, moviegoing appears to have been reset at a meaningfully lower level than pre-pandemic, as theatrical-to-streaming release windows have collapsed to 45 days or less, and the number of direct-to-streaming movies has soared. Yet streaming TAM is clearly more challenging to achieve, as evidenced by both Disney and Netflix reversing their position on advertising within the past three months. 
It is scary if the only way to reinvigorate growth is offering cheaper products that worsen the consumer experience, essentially making it more like the dying linear TV experience. With TAM in question, increasing competition from tech giants, Apple and Amazon, who do not care about the short-term profits of SVOD and the need to constantly retain users with must-see programming, which is hard to create 365 days a year, it is becoming clear that the profitability of SVOD may not be nearly as compelling as investors hoped, and certainly nowhere as profitable as the legacy businesses that streaming is replacing. Not an encouraging sign for investors in the sector. Number four, pluses and minuses for tvOS smart TV industry. While we are certainly seeing growth in streaming subscribers from smaller platforms such as Paramount+, Plus, the largest players are clearly seeing a slowdown in demand for new subs and trying to figure out how to reinvigorate growth. With slowing SFI growth and a market increasingly focused on profitability, there is likely to be a slowdown in spending on new content and the marketing spend on new content. As previously mentioned, smart TV's penetration growth has already slowed dramatically. Now add in a slower pace of SVOD industry content spending growth, and the smart TV growth outlook could become even more challenging in the short to intermediate term. On the flip side, thinking longer term, smart TV platforms should benefit from an increasing focus on advertising-supported SVOD tiers, where they're able to capture a portion of the economics. While it will take time for Disney+, Plus and Netflix advertising splits to tvOS platforms to become meaningful, and even HBO Max's advertising is nascent today, the long-term opportunity for tvOS platforms would appear to be a meaningful positive.